Thank you for tuning in to the WAM Podcast, where women empower women in business and manufacturing. Hello and welcome to the Women in Manufacturing Podcast. My name is Fran Burnell, and I'm the president of Accelerated Manufacturing Brokers, Inc., a company that specializes in mergers and acquisitions nationally within the manufacturing sectors, and I'm your host for today's show. Today, we welcome to the show Courtney Wright. Courtney is the CEO of Gemini Builds It and Showcase Acrylics. Prior to Gemini, Courtney founded CDW Merchants, the leading provider of 3D visual retail displays and e-commerce gift packaging for the nation's top retailers, including Kate Spade, Sperry's, and Club Monaco. In 2016, she sold CDW to a global billion-dollar company. There was little downtime, though, for Courtney because she acquired Gemini Builds It also in 2016, saving 60 jobs in the community. She's one woman who's making manufacturing cool in Chicago. Courtney, welcome to the show. Thank you, Fran. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be part of your podcast and help get even further entrenched into the manufacturing community. Awesome. Hey, I know we have a lot to talk about today, and I specifically want to talk about the amazing pivot your company did during COVID. But before we start, please give our listening audience an introduction to your company. Thank you, Fran. I would love to. Gemini Builds It, formerly known as Gemini Molding, when my husband and I bought the company in 2016, was a 40-year-old company or is a 40-year-old company that I renamed Gemini Builds It based on the plan I had for the business. It was a comprised of Gemini Molding, which was historically a picture frame molding company selling through small framing stores and galleries, as well as showcase acrylics which is an acrylic fabrication and wood shop geared toward museums and the museum distribution sector. Since buying the company four years ago and renaming it to Gemini Builds It, we've acquired several companies that are under the umbrella that basically give our customers a reason to buy more things from us. We're a producer of moldings and wood and acrylic and printing and have a numerous ways we go to market, but we operate here in the Chicagoland area, like you mentioned, 50,000 square feet of manufacturing space, and we're thrilled to be doing what we're doing, which we'll talk a little bit more about. Great. So your company, you and I talked about this, where you really kind of had to do a pivot during COVID, as have a lot of manufacturers. Can you tell us about that? I would love to. I don't think I knew what the word pivot meant until February of this year. I never used it, and now I use it in every sentence. But I had some business in Europe, and in January, when I was talking with one of my trusted advisors on my 5 a.m. drive to the plant, he said something that really stuck with me. He said, are you taking this virus seriously enough? And I said, I think so, because in January, obviously, all of us were starting to hear about it. And I was started a cost savings committee and really started kind of buttoning down the hatches. 
But in February, when he said that, I thought about looking online and seeing what was happening really in Europe relative to how were other companies doing it. Something caught my eye, which was that it looked like acrylic, and I'm an acrylic provider, acrylic producer, was really being used in ways that while a sneeze guard isn't a word we used a lot before this year, it was definitely something that you all of us would have seen on buffets and places and restaurants, obviously for different reasons, but was something that was out there. And I started promoting and marketing the idea of sneeze guards, again, a word that wasn't familiar to me in February. And I have to say that it's important to note, we'd never made a sneeze guard before, but I knew we could because we had the raw material, the engineering know-how, and I'd call it the giddy up to you know, participate in a new market. And when I look back at my initial marketing, it was very, very rudimentary. But by March, I knew I was onto something because we had orders for Whole Foods and Costco. And not only were we experts in sneeze guards and acrylic protection dividers, but we realized we were having a lot of fun. And and I can talk about throughout the show what we've done the rest of the year to make this a really big part of our business now and ongoing. Tell us about that, the fun part. There's something to solving people's problems. That's really what it gets me excited. I am a salesperson by nature and I love connecting the dots. But I think what's different about this pivot is that we are really solving companies, uh, whether it's universities or colleges or schools or companies who are going back to work, we're solving a problem. There are people, you know, 40% of the American public is still very nervous to go out and about, rightfully so. Yeah. The sneeze guards and the, the protection barriers that we're creating are giving them comfort. So we are really doing good. And my team has been so energized by that. And I think at the root of it, we feel like we're a small part solution to the coronavirus. And, and that's pretty fun. First of all, I think it's amazing that you started to recognize and pivot in February. That's crazy. I've been blogging for a decade, targeted to manufacturers and trying to get them to understand that they have to pay attention to what's happening around them. Like think of people, I watched some manufacturers go out of business who were, let's say, making components for Pitney Bowes machines, for mail machines, because they did not pay attention to how the internet was changing mail. People were doing things via email rather than snail mail. So kudos to you. That's it, It's amazing that you saw what was happening and recognized the opportunity as early as you did, because I would venture to say that many of your competitors were trying to play catch up in March and April and May, right? Well, Fran, I think you bring up a really great point. Back I don't know, five years ago, we used to talk about business cycles, maybe in decades, you know, maybe or five years at that point, you know, we say, hey, what's your five year plan? And then the world sped up a little bit more. And we said, well, what's your three year plan? And then we got Amazon Prime. And then we got Amazon same day. And what people have to realize is that you've got to pivot and change your business quicker than all outside forces. 
And right now in our world, the outside force is Amazon and same day delivery. Yeah. So the way we really win hard is that we're faster than everybody. So we've worked up until this month, we worked seven days a week since the beginning of the year, not because we didn't want to rest like everyone else during coronavirus, but you know, we're healthy scared. We're saying, look, we've been super fortunate during the pandemic to have created something that's been very, very financially rewarding for our company. But what happens if it goes away? What's our next? We get every order, we run after it, we over deliver faster than we say it's going to go out the door by working on Sundays and making sure if we said it was going to be a three-day turn, we ship it in two days. And we do that by design because when this ends, this if this is a fad, and I don't think it will be, but if this isn't the growth market I think it is, I want people to remember us, the good and growing companies we are dealing with to remember us and we'll solve their next problem in 2021. Mm -hmm. That's good stuff, right? Under promise, over deliver. You guys are doing a great job. I'm curious, Courtney, so you're talking about all of a sudden you were selling products into different markets. I'm guessing that you have customers today that you didn't have before. How did you alert the world that you were a producer of these sneeze guards? Yeah, that's a good question. So uh, a few ways. In February, when I started marketing these, and let me be clear, this is a simpler, you know, it's not like we went from making what we made to making molecular nuclear weapons, which is much more complicated. We went from making museum vitrines with fancy seams and curing processes and dry times to acrylic guards, which by nature, are an easier thing to produce. We, we think we do them a little bit differently with some design elements that make them more complicated than the Chinese versions that are out there, but they're still easier than what we were producing. And that's important because, you know, if it was harder, maybe all this wouldn't be such a good story. But I put out a press release and I said to people, because I did recognize that supply chains were going to be impacted. I didn't know how, but I put out a press release saying, if you're in need of materials, come talk to us. And I listed out all the things that we deal in, and I went out and bought pretty long. And I got picked up by 350,000 news agencies. And I don't know if it did anything or got some eyes on our website, but I then combined that with a big focus on our websites. And we have many of them marketing to different people. And you're right, we did an active calling effort to get into every top distributor in every market we believed needed these acrylic sneeze guards. And that was one person for healthcare. And we said, this is the top company in healthcare. We're going to go to them with a line that's very broad and unique, and we're going to become their producer. And then we did the same thing in grocery, and we did the same thing in restaurant, we did the same thing in hospital. And by and large, we've been very lucky. We have secured those relationships with all of those companies, which is really the foundation of how we've gone as fast and as far as we have. 
So this is like marketing 101, right? You get what yeah. you went after. You went after new markets that your company did not serve, letting them know what your capabilities were. And you were successful in establishing relationships with some of the largest companies in America. That's amazing. You know, as someone who works in mergers and acquisitions, so our clients are often founder-led companies, and the component that's most often missing from a retiring founder-led manufacturing company is a sales and marketing approach. And often they're very reactive in their sales approach. They'll take what comes in the door, but they don't actively go out and seek new business. And it's the hardest thing to make people understand that if you're not producing effort in that regard, you're not going to get anything. And you, what you've done is a great lesson for manufacturers all over the country. You're fortunate in that you were involved in raw materials and building products that could be quickly transitioned into something else. Not all manufacturers were that fortunate. You know, I think it's educational and inspirational for people to hear what you're saying. You know, every manufacturer should be looking at, these are my tools. This is what I have the ability to produce. What else can I do with it? What else can I make with it to address what is happening in today's market, whether that's COVID or whether it's something else? Well, Fran, I think I just want to bring up a point that I would like people to hear, which is adds on to what you were saying, that while some people may not have had the raw material to pivot to whatever they believed, I think every one of us, manufacturer or other, if leaning on the premise that our companies are designed to solve some problem, whatever that is. And if you are solving the problem of your customers, it doesn't matter if you're making it or if you're buying and retrading it. And I think a lot of people get very confused about this. Sometimes your company is better situated to buy certain products on the outside and resell them rather than make them in-house for whatever reason the, your labor force, your building's too expensive, the margin's too slim. I am always super duper focused on, we do here what is our highest and best, most value producing jobs. And if we can't produce those at a way that meets our financial requirements, we'll buy and retrade those to our customers. We'll do the QC, we'll bring them in, and we'll still be adding value for our customers because we've identified solved a problem and delivered it to their doorstep. So I, I think people have got to think a little more broadly than just, hey, I'm a coffee maker and now, bummer, I got to make Coca-Cola. No, it's like, well, why can't you make coffee bags and sell those to the coffee industry and coffee tins or coffee packages or packaging? I mean, there's just a million ways to think about it. And I would encourage people just to think about how to solve more problems. Mm. You know, there's a very old book called Think and Grow Rich. Yeah. And, right? So yeah. it talks about find a need and fill it. 
And it, and if you do that, you'll have a successful business. I'm curious, you mentioned right during the intro that you have acquired other companies to be able to provide different products to your core audience. Can you speak into that a little bit? Sure. The first thing we bought when we got here was a, a printing company. And the reason was I would see, I believe our make or break here is creativity and speed, which has nothing to do with what we make. I hope you heard that. And I noticed that the way that artwork came to us would slow down in our frame production. We'd have drivers. I mean, this even sounds like 1950s when I say it out loud, but we'd have our driving team go out and collect artwork and then bring it back and then frame it and then bring it back out. And I thought if we could print that artwork, which is really a very you know, not so modern way to do it. It's just the way it's done now. We could take multiple days out of that whole channel and produce things more quickly. So we bought a printing company, which produces high quality G-Clay artwork. And, and that was one. Next thing I saw that our framing customers, the, the people that were kind of our distribution legacy channel, they weren't growing with the industry. Now, what does that mean? You know, framing has really gone online. People are buying their artwork online and not one of them was emailing us or calling us. They were like literally faxing us pieces of paper. And this is in 2018. So that I said, they're not evolving with the time. So we went and bought a company that sold all of the framing products and did all their work online. And we said, we're going to get really good at being an online provider. So to your point about marketing, that was a marketing arm and sales arm that we bought and we integrated it with our production company. And now we're able to attract customers to that part of the business and do so in a way that's kind of easier on the business because it's all e-commerce business. It has different kind of learning. So those are two examples. You know, we're big, we're long-term investors. We're growing a, a big sort of conglomerate of companies and we keep our eyes open for things. But most of the people that we got other third example are exactly what you said. They were companies that they didn't focus on sales and marketing and they were stalled. The owners were stalled out and couldn't figure out how to grow. Mm -hmm. And we were a way to help them grow so their company could stay alive. Yeah, I think what's interesting about what I just heard is that in both of the examples you gave of acquisitions, you acquired to be able to provide a different service to your audience. And it sounds like it's worked out wonderfully for you. Courtney, you are the only woman that I've interviewed that has been on both sides of the M&A table, in addition to building a company organically. Many manufacturers are afraid to grow through acquisition. What advice would you give to the fearful on this? <laughs> My mantra is grow or die. So if you're not good at sales and, or, you know, that's not your, your best skill or passion, whatever it is, either hire the opposite of you, like immediately, and there's a million ways to do that, you know, whether it's a 1099 or in-house person, but just get somebody that's your opposite on sales or go buy. And I would absolutely never, ever, ever buy or sell anything 
and this is uh, this is a plug for you, Fran, and people like you. You can't do this alone. You got to run your business really well and have an advisory group that helps you do your deals. And if you're going to go the route of a deal, you've got this untapped resource who knows your industry and business model probably better than you. And it's important to have an advisor to help you achieve your goals. So I think there's way too much fear in business. I make mistakes after mistake after mistake, but I just fail really fast and I am not scared of failing. I just go, well, that's something I learned and I get up and try again the next day. So that would be my advice is really fail fast and grow or die. Yeah, fail fast and get back up fast, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, just get back to it. It doesn't mean you're a failure. It means you tried something that didn't work. And sometimes I recycle my bad ideas and sometimes they stick later down the road. Yeah, sometimes the timing is just wrong, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Better at a later date. That's good. Yeah. So, Courtney, what is next for your organization? How are you identifying new opportunities that will come after this COVID opportunity? Well, Fran, for the first time in my life, I don't have a very long-term horizon about everything because I kind of think part of the success that we've had this year has been a laser focus on what's right in front of us. So what is right in front of us is, you know, a a job in a business unit that we thought would be April of 2020 and maybe May of 2020 and has now become the fastest growing segment of our business. And I'm realizing that, you know, sneeze guards aren't new. They're going to become our norm. And even post-pandemic, post-virus inoculation, I believe we're all going to realize maybe we're just a little bit safer if we are at a restaurant with a barrier between the two tables. So we are going to step on the gas and continue to drive this and innovate and design new things that we think are going to be relevant in the workplace and businesses that look different than our competition so we can keep growing this because we're having so much fun and we think it'll just be a need that exists. Mm-hmm. And um, after that, I don't know what 6.0 version of this year is. I, I, I'm keeping my eyes open, whether that's an acquisition, a new unit. I think this year we just have to finish strong and not do more of the same, but we've done a lot of good things this year. Our company is just feels really, really, really well poised for growth in the future. So we're going to get our budgets situated next month and go forward, which is what we love doing. Outstanding. I think a lot of people are in the same place where long range planning is kind of difficult right now. Uh, (laughs) It's really difficult because we don't know what's going to happen. But, you know, I think if this year has taught us anything, it's that as business owners, we have to be hyper aware of what's happening around us and look for the opportunities within the problems, right? Yeah. One question I have for you. So I travel all over the country to do what I do, and I rarely walk into a manufacturing plant that doesn't have some sort of plexiglass 
dividers and so forth. And so I know my listening audience would like to hear if somebody needs like a custom separator divider, can you do that? Or is it just off the shelf standard products that you have? This will be my sales plug. I can answer all of these things. What is unique about our business is that almost everything we make is a custom guard for those companies, whether it's white label or custom to their size. Our processes that somebody would email our showcase acrylics division, and I'll give you that information. And we talk you through what your space is like, how many people are going to be there, how long are you intending to use this? And then we render the actual product that we recommend. And from there, we make it and ship it all over North America and South America is added to our list as of this week. So we ship these everywhere. That is no problem. And that's not new to pandemic. Our business is not a regional business. It's a national business. Wonderful. So we're starting to run out of time. I want to give you the opportunity to tell our listeners how to reach out to your company if they have questions, if they want to learn more or order products from you. What should they do? Perfect. Thank you. So our company that you'll see all of our sneeze guards and talk to our our team, best place to reach us is info at showcaseacrylics.com. That's one word. The website is www.showcaseacrylics.com. And a good phone number that you can reach to talk to our team would be 847-417-5980. We sure hope to talk to you. And I know that we'd be able to provide you some solutions. Courtney, thank you so much for being with us today. This has been incredibly informative, and we wish you abundant continued success. Fran, thank you so much for your time, and I sure hope if you are out traveling the country, you're going to come stop by anytime because we don't need notice. We keep our place clean, and we'll be ready for you any day you want to come visit. I'm actually in your area often, and I'm going to take you up on that. All right, let's do it. Thank you for the time, Fran. It was really great to talk to you. Wonderful. I'd like to encourage our listeners to visit www.whampodcast.com, where you can listen to all of our shows and other manufacturing podcasts brought to you by the Jacket Media Company. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you for joining the WAM podcast, where women empower other women in business and manufacturing. For more shows like this, go to whampodcast.com. That's whampodcast.com. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.